0: It feels uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable. You know, if you've wanted to find a way to get rich quickly, these days real estate's getting a little pricey. Why not try politics? Hi, I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. And this episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. Use any of the social liking or approval or notification devices you see before your eyes here. And that actually helps us. They actually send a tiny little breath mint to us each time you hit that button. So we have a little box at the door here where we're just collecting those. And eventually we intend to use them. Maybe when we meet you in person. So gentlemen, Uh, This is a a story that was sparked by something I read about Stacey Abrams, the former gubernatorial candidate in uh, Georgia, I believe it was, and also was renowned for the fact that she helped lead voter registration drives, which helped uh, President Biden, um, they say, get elected uh, thanks to the votes in Georgia as well. Um, She was unsuccessful in her gubernatorial campaign and at the time was being mocked by Republicans for basically not being a very good steward of her resources. And she owed the IRS some money. And her net worth at that time was around $109,000. Stephen Green, her net worth now is somewhere north of $3.5 million. And last year she made something like $3.6 million. $5 million. Um, A lot of her money is coming in now thanks to some six books that she's either written, co written, or republished in the last two to three years, um, as well as uh, public speaking fees. And Steve, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've got this crazy idea that when you go into public service, in fact, the framers of the Constitution thought when you went into public service, it was going to hurt. It was going to hurt you yeah. financially. And most of those guys were pretty wealthy. Um, they were doing OK. But they, uh, you know, even George Washington, you know, refused to take the salary of the president of the United States uh, because he just thought it sh- public service shouldn't be like that have have times changed so much steve now that nobody's going to look at stacy abrams' newfound multimillionaire status uh with a with a questioning glance and say hey wait a minute how did you make your money you mean if it hadn't been for politics you'd still be kind of scraping by
1: yeah the uh, let's look at the big picture first then we'll uh, I'll drill down to some of those those details um when George Washington was president, and up until well, a little more than a hundred years ago, Washington was a pretty small city that not a whole lot of tax dollars flowed through, so there wasn't very much influence to peddle. Uh, now the stakes are much, much bigger, aren't they? And so is the grift. Um, you know, I remember, I think it was Robert Byrd, the Democrat, former Klansman, who was uh, Senate Majority Leader for a time, uh, caused a, by a a memoir of his own to be written by somebody else. And uh, some union was caught buying his memoirs by the pallet. These, they, they, they just did crates of these books that had never been open. So let's call that what it was. That was uh, money laundering scheme to get money to Robert Bird by taking uh, union guys' garnish wages and funneling them through the union to Robert Bird in the form of purchases for books that nobody would ever read or indeed take out of their boxes. Um, and I remember it was at about the same time Within just a couple of years of that, that uh, President Reagan, just out of office, stirred up a huge controversy on the left because he went to Japan after he was not uh, president any longer and was paid very handsomely for giving a speech. And even some conservatives like me thought that was uh, a bit untoward and uh, felt like Reagan had let us down a little bit. We weren't we weren't used to being let down by uh, by Reagan. Uh, And now you get to cases like Stacey Abrams, a person of no significant achievement other than to have, uh, who knows, uh, who has actually bought these books of hers. We saw a similar case to Robert Byrd's in Baltimore just a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, and let's look at, uh, at Joe Biden. He has never held a job outside of public service that I'm aware of, certainly not in the last 50 years. And he has grown quite rich. I looked this up. In between segments is uh, net worth, and this I think this is a little dated. is estimated to be between eight and nine million dollars. He has not produced a product or performed a service in the free market in his adult. Life, it just hasn't happened, and yet he he's extremely wealthy. And of course, uh, maybe the ultimate example is the Clinton Foundation. Uh, there were there were two of these: the Clinton Global Initiative mm-hmm. and the Clinton Foundation, uh, which raked in, I want to say, I know it's at least one hundred and fifty million yeah, dollars over the year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. And
1: that funding dried up as soon as Hillary lost to Donald Trump in twenty sixteen. I don't know what the solution is, Scott, but it's corrupt as all damn hell, isn't it?
0: Bill Whittle, I don't think that our politicians have to take a vow of poverty, Um, but it does seem to me, um, and see if you agree, that public service ought to cost something to the person involved. Um, If if giving a speech, if you're in demand as a speaker because of the public service that the public conferred upon you, that that honorific of being a, a congressman or a governor or something like that, and in this case, Stacey hasn't been elected, <laughs> um, but if if that comes as a result of your efforts on behalf of the public, it seems to me that even if they pay you a half a million dollars to speak, you ought to turn around and give most of that to you know, registering voters in Georgia for all I care, but to some cause rather than using it for personal enrichment. Am I way off on this?
2: Well, I think the the, the best defense of Stacey Abrams, who, of course, is the Kardashian of politics in America, uh, <laughs> is, is that she was never elected. Uh, and that's, that's, that's her best defense. Fair enough. Um, I, I don't think I'd be paying money to go see her speak. Because I've heard little bits of her speak, and I don't think big bits of her speaking would be. There, an improvement.
1: there are no little however, bits of her.
2: However, stop. speaking engagement is a legitimate source of income, or it better be anyway. Uh, books and stuff, these are all legitimate sources of income. I have no problem whatsoever with her making millions of dollars off of these things. But. If she's making millions of dollars, they're getting four hundred thousand dollars salary for a charitable event, or or, or being a, on a board of directors for something, you know, that's where it's public money being raised in order to accomplish something. It's like, I was going to go right to the Clintons, but Steve beat me to it. Yeah, they raised, sure. you know, they were a hundred million dollars in in income donations, and and what was it, you know, like sixty five thousand dollars in actual expense, some some insane thing like that, right? So so I don't have any problem with with um, with Stacey Abrams making. Money off of speaking agents, off of books, or but I do have a problem with you getting a big salary from something that's supposed to be for something else. And my main problem is, if you are currently holding office, then you are being paid to hold office, and part of holding office is giving speeches. You should, you should. It is immoral and unethical to take a private payment for for a speech that you give if you are already holding office. That's you're getting paid to be governor, or at least you. Fantasize that you are. someday um, and she and will be. Getting, uh, Maybe she will be. If she, if she's, if she is the governor, and she gives a, a private talk and they pay her, you know, a hundred grand or they pay her a hundred dollars, doesn't matter. That's that's double dipping. It's immoral. Your your paying job is to go out and do this. Now, once once you're out of office, and and I, I and I wish her that that she stay out of office for the rest of her life. <laughs> personally. Um, Then she can make money any way she wants to. It's not up for me to say whether or not somebody should be buying these ridiculous, absurd, unreadable books or listening to any of these boring, uh, nonsensical, monotonous speeches. I'm not the kind of person to judge.
0: You know, she's a fascinating case in that she's been unsuccessful at running for office and somehow parlayed uh, being a loser into, you know, five or six million dollars in book and speech fees. Um, it, that really is kind of amazing. Uh, but it, it seems to me that the the value that she has is that so many people think she's actually going to be in office. So they think that someday this this is going to be a, a an elected official. And so they're interested in her life. And she's managed to turn this into a little industry of basically, you know, look at me, I'm Stacey Abrams. I'm, you know, as Al Gore used to joke, you know, I used to be the next president of the United States. She used to be the next governor of Georgia. Um, So it it feels uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable. It, It feels like Why was she not successful financially in life before she ran for governor? Why was it that, you know, because she's not a kid. Why? Why was she just kind of getting by and doing okay, and maybe being middle class or lower middle class all that time? And then all of a sudden, she's got a story worth telling. Well, it's because a lot of people gave her a lot of money to elevate her profile, to make her a big shot, and then th- she became a national figure because the news agents or the CNNs of the world wanted to talk to her about voter registration, and they wanted to talk to her about what it would be like if if Georgia had a black female governor. And so we created this person, those people who contributed to her campaign, and now she is converting that into cash for herself. And that's just why it seems kind of unclean. Um, I don't begrudge anybody a fortune. I think you ought to go out and earn a fortune. I think you ought to do it outside of the realm of politics by providing something of value to people. And one might argue that she provided value by getting more people registered in the state of Georgia. And so she provided value to President Joe Biden, who, you know, in part, thanks to her, was able to get to the White House. Uh, But she really hasn't created anything that has to do with her abilities, her value that she can sell or a service she can provide so that she can really make people's lives better. Um, if you're going to be governor of Georgia, then why not take that money that you got because people thought you were going to be governor of Georgia and give it to the poor, the homeless, the starving, uh, the people who have no health care in Georgia. Do something with that money that will return it for, from the same fountain from which it emerged. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Odd. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.